Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Clubhouse Talk. Uh, good evening, good morning, uh, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is. We appreciate you guys stopping in and listening with us. Uh, this week, we're bringing back on two of our guests from last week. We're going to be able to run through uh, all of the wild card games, the first ever super wild card weekend with the NFL having seven game or six games last weekend. And then we've got our divisional round this coming week. So we'll, we'll kind of have the same sort of run with you guys. If we'll run down all the games, we'll give our picks for each one. We'll see how we did. But uh, before we jump into that, we'll go ahead and introduce our guests, bring them back in and see how they're doing tonight. Brett, how are you doing? Good, good, Kylie. Good weekend of football last weekend. Yeah, absolutely. It was a, it was a whole lot of fun getting to watch games three three straight days. Nate, how about you? Doing well, doing well. Thanks for having me back. Looking forward to hopefully redeeming um, some of my pick uh, credibility um, for this up for this upcoming weekend. Yeah, what were your picks last week, Nate? Yeah, I had, um, well, you know, they say, you know, if you aim for the moon, at least you'll fall on the stars. You know, just just that kind of inspirational thing. I, I aim too high. I, I, I kind of burned up in the atmosphere after <laughs> I aimed for the moon last week. Uh, I My bold pick for the weekend was the Steelers over the Chiefs. I think I picked Pats over Bills, and those were the two biggest blowouts of the weekend. So um, I'm hurting a little bit, but that's why uh, I'm glad we have another week. Absolutely. We get to, uh, we get to you know, redeem ourselves this week. It'll be a whole lot of fun. Um Personally, I'm going to toot my own horn. I went five and one on my picks, rolled all the way into the last game. Thought I was going to get the perfect six and a weekend on the Cardinals. They let me down big time, but it's all right. Brett, I think you had a pretty decent week last week picks, didn't you? Yeah, I think I missed one game. I think it was the uh, the Cowboys. You had the Cowboys. Cowboys. I had the Cowboys. That was the one game I missed. So we uh, we both. I think I'm pretty we- credible. We seemed uh, pretty smart last week, so that means we will sound like idiots this week. But before we jump into it, let's let's go ahead and take a quick recap and, and take a look back at the games. Uh, the very first one uh, was obviously the Bengals and Raiders. This was arguably, I'd say, the second best game, if not the best game of the weekend. Um, really competitive game. Came down to the very end. The Raiders had a chance to win the game uh, or to, I guess, send it into overtime got the ball all the way down to inside the 10 yard line there on the last play through an interception at the goal line. But, uh, you know, the Bengals looked as good as ever. Uh, Joe Burrow played fantastic. Um, the Raiders season comes up a little bit short. I guess your guys' thoughts on that game. Yeah. Just like with everybody, I, I agree. Great game. Joey Burrow, he responded to the doubters and he, he showed up in the NFL playoffs and just yet another big game. And he, um, came to play. But unfortunately, I mean, I think the biggest topic of discussion is the refs and just the blown call after blown call and just just the the discussion of how is the NFL the biggest league in the world? The 30 or 40 million people are watching that game and refs are part time employees. <laughs> you know, I think it's just gotten to the point where the NFL needs to just shell out some money for a training program for just more intense um coaching for these refs. I mean, they have that already, but I mean, all these guys are like lawyers and doctors during the week. And then they like NFL football on the side and they love running a show. And so I, I don't know. I hats off to the Bengals heart goes out to our friend, Pat, who's a big Raiders fan. He was on the show last week. Um, but and he didn't, cause you just hate that the refs were the ones that unfortunately stole the show. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you can necessarily blame games on refs i've always kind of hated that because there's more plays than just the ones that are getting called back 
So, I mean, I, I, I see your argument where I, I do, I do agree with you. I do think there needs to be um, full-time refs, but I, I don't know if you can blame a loss or a win on that. I mean, they clearly oh, yeah. they gave an extra touchdown that they shouldn't. That it should have been a replayed play because of an errant whistle, and they mis did you know misinterpreted the rule and and didn't get it right on the field. It gave them it gave the Bengals a touchdown when you win by seven. Um, it, it's kind of a big play. That that is true, but I mean, was that on fourth down? It was on third. It was on third and five, I think it was. So they would have had another chance to throw the ball. So clearly. Um, they could have still scored a touch on the play. They could have kicked a field goal in that situation. They were down in the red zone. So I'm not saying that it would have come up empty, but they would have had to execute on another play. Right. And, and I'm not making the argument that the refs won the game for the Bengals by any means. I mean, at all. It's just the fact that the conversation is around the question mark that is refereeing. I mean, it's the NFL. Like, like they need to be there, you know, call the game like they see it, but – um, they shouldn't be the focus of conversation. That, that's that's my biggest issue. No, I, I think everyone's kind of sick and tired of it. If you look across sports, I mean, um, every every sport, every league is complaining about their refs. Uh, but it does seem like in football, especially for both college and the NFL, it's been extremely brutal the last couple of years. Uh, and it just seems like it's getting worse and worse. So it'll be interesting to see what the NFL does going forward. I am sure – Stuff like that will be uh, soon to be reviewable plays. There'll be rule changes because of these issues, as there always is. But it's never, you know, there's no consolation prize to the Raiders for a play that cost them a chance at their season. So luckily, it was still early enough in the game that the Raiders obviously had plenty of time to recover from it. Um, They didn't. But like you said, it's unfortunate that that is the largest part of topic after that game for how good of a game it was. Um, if you look forward to the, the other game that was on Saturday night, uh, absolute snooze fest in terms of the Bills throttled the Patriots, uh, was not close from the start. The Bills completed the first ever perfect offensive game in NFL history. They had the ball seven times. They scored seven touchdowns. They never punted. They never fumbled, never threw a pick, never kicked a field goal. And on their very last drive, they took knees. So it was all touchdowns and knee downs till the end of the game. Uh, just absolute dominant, pure performance. Josh Allen went berserk. Um, Bills look like that was the team that we expected to see the whole year. And we finally got to see it in the first week of the playoffs. And if I'm anyone else in the AFC, I sure as heck took a lot of note of that and was like, and we'll see it when we talk about that Chiefs game. I am sure the Chiefs took note and look at the Bills a whole lot. You know, they're a lot more afraid going to that game than they probably were a week before. Yeah. I agree. That I mean that that offensive game was incredible. I mean, like you said, they didn't have a single mistake. I mean, other than the two missed pe- <laughs> extra points, but we're not going to count that. But uh, like to do that against Bill Belichick is in- insane to me because he ha- always has such disciplined teams. the The fact that the Bills could do that to them is just is crazy. Yeah, I mean, the Bills came out. They scored first two possessions, or the first possession just drove right down the field. And, you know, the, the Patriots team all year, you know, the thought was the defense is going to keep a minute and Mac Jones is going to have to make a play or two. And then they're just going to focus on controlling the ball and running the ball. Um, and the Bills came out, smacked him right in the mouth and just threw him off that game script. And I think the biggest play of the game was Micah Hyde's pick on the Patriots first possession of the game. Mac Jones, he threw a perfect ball that would have landed right into the hands of the receiver. I can't remember if it was Aguilar 
or uh, or Bourne there up on the left sideline. And Hyde just came over as a safety, probably in a deep cover two, and just snagged it. And uh, I think from there is just the Bills then went down, scored again. And I think that, that was kind of the game. Um, <laughs> 14-0 and the Pats were left with Mac Jones looking at his breath on the sidelines while his coach is trying to talk to him. So it was uh, it was all around, yeah, it's who we thought the Bills were going to be all year. And they're peaking at just the right time. Yeah, complete 14-point swing there. And it, it changed everything. You're, you're right. That was a huge play early on. And then um, once they were down two scores, then, you know, that was all she wrote because they never got anywhere close after that. Uh, and then you look in, you look at Sunday morning or early Sunday afternoon, you had the uh, the Bucks and the Eagles, which was the Bucks jumping out to a quick early lead. I think it was 14-0 very early on. And then it was really a sloppy, it was a pretty sloppy game after that. There was not a lot of points. A lot of three and outs for the Bucs, not really doing much. And then in the second half, they started to pull away. Um, they end up winning big as well in that game. Jalen Hurts looked completely outclassed, uh, really struggled. The Eagles couldn't get anything going offensively. Uh, to no surprise, I, I think that the the Bucs looked good. I think the bigger surprise was how good their offense looked early on, even without their, their big weapons, without – uh, you had no or what is uh, Brown? You had no Brown, and you had um, Godwin. Godwin. Godwin, thank you. Blanking on names, yeah, Godwin. So they looked pretty decent early on, and they slowed down afterwards. So it'll be interesting to see what what they look like. They had a few injuries on their defensive line, uh, or offensive line, and we'll see what that uh, entails this week for them. Yeah, uh, some people thought the game might might be a little closer than you think. I think that was the that was the phrase uh, someone I heard said. I don't remember who it was. I'm not gonna get into that. But uh, yeah, Brady did Brady things, and uh, that's that's exactly what I expected. Um, it will be interesting this next weekend with their offensive line. I'm not sure how uh, Tristan Wirfs and uh, he's out. Blanket on their he's out, and they're blanket on their center's name. Don't know how he's doing. Jensen. But, uh, there you go, Jetson. Um, I'm not sure if they'll be, uh, or if he'll be ready to go, but, um, I'm sure, uh, the Bucks will have a good game plan for this upcoming week. And I guess we'll preview that here in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Nate, you got any thoughts on that one before we move on? Yeah, I think the story of this game, um, and then especially this and the Kansas city Pittsburgh game, just kind of the same theme to me. And I think is the NFL at all reconsidering the move to seven teams on each side? Um, because neither one of these games are close, as we'll talk about the Kansas City game briefly in a bit. And the Bucks are really beat up now. And you think of, I, I just think as Roger Goodell, if I'm this, there's 50 million people watching all these games. Um, I want the Bucks to be as healthy as they can going into this game against the Rams. And if they're going to win either way, should I just give them a bye? You know, like it's, it's, I think that's the biggest discussion for me after these games. Um, no yeah, so I said, Know what he's going to do? He's going to add an eighth team. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, nobody gets a buy. Everybody's beat up. You know. No, but. no. They'll, what they'll do is they'll give the number one and number two seeds buys again, and then they'll go back and they'll have that. I guarantee you that would be his response if you told him, "Hey, do you like your seventh team?" He'll be like, "Oh, those games are bad." So, no, what we'll do? We'll just add a more evenly play uh, team, and we'll just make an eighth team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I see. And yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, after watching those games, like Philadelphia and Pittsburgh both stood out as, yeah, these teams, they made the playoffs, but there was a clear drop off um, with them <laughs> just with on-field performance. And um, 
but yeah, Bucks came out, they performed, and hopefully that they can overcome some of these in- injuries because um, you would hate for that to be a reason for them to, to fall to the Rams, but we'll see. Yeah, show up and play the games, and this is, you know, that's why the number one seed was a really big deal. It was one game less you had to play. Um, and then you look at the the afternoon game, which I think this was one that everybody was most looking forward to coming into the uh, weekend. I would say it worked out to be the best game of the weekend in terms of everything, uh, and that was the Cowboys and 49ers. 49ers were the trendy upset pick. Uh, three of us were all on the 49ers in that game to go into Dallas and come out victorious, and they were. They got up to a super early lead. They were up 10-0 early, uh, and Dallas, I believe, scored, and then it was 17-7 to um, and pretty much held Dallas at arm's length the whole game. Jimmy G tried to let Dallas back in the game there in the fourth quarter, throwing a pick, uh, having a false start there when they could have run out the clock. There were a lot of issues. And then clearly the end of the game will be talked about a lot, which we, we can get into, which is uh, I think there's 14 seconds left. Dallas has the ball on the 40 yard line and they run a QB draw. Dak runs 14, 15 yards, slides down. Uh, the, the ump is trailing way behind, tries to go spot the ball, bumps into Dak, bumps into the center. He's got to set the ball. They spike the ball with no time on the clock, game over. They don't get, even get a chance to throw the ball at the end side. Yeah, I mean, up to that point, the game was kind of as we talked about last week. I know the point that I had is what are, what are the Cowboys going to do with Debo and Kittle? And Debo just – he is absolutely electrifying with the ball in his hands. And we saw that with a couple of his long runs. I mean, his cutback run that he had on the sweep to the right, cut it back. It, he just makes other people look like their feet are in quicksand. He's just so impressive. But um, And Jimmy G, as you said, yeah, he tried to let the Cowboys back in the game. But that final play – I. I don't know who is to blame. I mean, Kellen Moore is calling a QB draw in. Mike McCarthy, he's on the headset. He's hearing that play go in. He's not calling it out. And Dak, he doesn't audible. He, he, they all, I guess they're everybody's to blame. But, yeah, let's run a QB draw. And then everybody wanted to blame the ref for getting in the way. But then you have the um, – Chase Claypool had that situation earlier this year, I think against the Vikings on a Thursday night game, where he was celebrating when – when the clock's running out, no, you need to run and you need to hand the ball to the ref and then they spot the ball. And so the center could, or Dak could be blamed there too for not giving the ref the ball. And I mean, it was just a meltdown and it's just classic Cowboys. You feel for them. Um, but yeah, I mean, point the blame where you want to. Yeah. Right. I agree with Nate. Um, I think that Claypool situation was a lot worse, but I mean, there's, there's three parties involved in this one. I mean, offense coordinator, head coach and, Obviously, Dak, all three of them should have had the chance to stop that play from actually happening in the first place. And, I mean, if it's me, I'm, I'm not running the ball in that situation. I mean, you got a big receiver on the outside and a pretty good tight end. I'd be throwing it to the sideline. But that's why I'm not making millions of dollars uh, coaching in the NFL. So, and I don't hate the play call. Uh, you've got 14 seconds, so you clearly have time to be able to run, slide, hand the ball to a ref, and spike the ball. Um, and you're you're guaranteed a free 10 yards probably on it because they're not going to be guarding the middle of the field on a draw play. The thought is, though, that Dak's got to know. He said that they've ran this play a whole bunch of times in practice. They've run this thing all the time in the two-minute drill. You've got to know exactly how much time you have, how many steps you can take before you go down. It's the same thought as like a swimmer. And when they're swimming backstroke and they know when they see the flags, how many strokes they have till they have to flip to get to the wall. I mean, you've got to know it like absolute clockwork. 
And so he should take his, you know, get 10 yards and you're getting down, get five yards, get down, whatever the, whatever your time is that you're comfortable to know you're going to get plenty of time to spike it. And then like Nate said, huge, an absolute huge brain fart there to not uh, hand the ball to the ref. They put the ball on the ground. The ref's got to try and get through you in an offensive lineman to set the ball. You turn around, you hand the ball to the ref, you let him place it so you can spike it. And then that doesn't happen. And uh, you don't lose the opportunity to get the play in. So uh, I, I think that it was more on the execution of Dak and then the absolute poor clock management on, on their own part and uh, brain farting at the worst possible moment. Okay. I guess you guys both agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so that, I mean, and we'll, we'll talk about the Niners. I think they're going to be a really dangerous team going forward. Jimmy G did have a, I think he suffered a shoulder sprain, if I'm not mistaken in that game. We'll see how he looks this weekend when they go to play green Bay. Uh, that's going to be an interesting game to talk about. Um, we'll we'll kind of skip through the the uh, Steelers game, other than the fact that I think everyone expected it to be a blowout. Uh, not Nate, but it's okay. Uh, we all expected it to be a blowout. It happened to be a blowout. Chiefs were four, or twelve point favorite. They won by a lot. Uh, it looked interesting early on. The Chiefs were pretty lethargic, and then DJ Watt gets a nice uh, fumble recover. Was it a fumble or a pick six? Um and takes fumble. It, fumble, yeah. He takes it to the house, and oh yeah, I was on that stupid read option with uh I think Pringle was the quarterback. I have no clue what that play call is about, but uh and they're up seven zero, and then after that, the Chiefs just went absolute berserk after that moment midway late in the first quarter. They they scored a whole bunch of points. There's a huge backbreaking play on third and twenty with like twenty seconds left, one and a half. Steelers go up by fourteen instead of going up by seven at halftime. Um, just sad to see. Big Ben's career come to an end. It, it's one of our, uh, you know, I guess you could say icon quarterbacks from our childhood. Um, we've grown up watching Ben play for so long. It's sad to see his career come to an end, but I think we can all agree that it is absolutely time if you've been watching him play football for the last couple of years. Right. I, I completely agree with you there. Um, and, yeah, I think Ben played a good game. I mean, he had he was 29 for 44 passing, 215 yards, two touchdowns, and I think the key stat here is zero, zero interceptions. Uh, it helps that he had uh, two of his top receivers back, Juju Smith and Claypool, um, to go along with Washington and uh, Johnson on the outside. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I really didn't expect this game to go any other way. Um, I kind of figured, as you listeners last week heard, that the Chiefs would kind of run away with this at some point, which they did. And uh, I just, I, I think it is kind of, kind of sad to see Big Ben go, like Kylie said, because we did grow up watching him. But – that just opens the gates for another young quarterback to step into the spotlight. Yeah. I mean, it was a blowout and salute to Ben. I don't know how many more games I can watch of him throwing the ball 75 times for 94 yards. So um, he'll sail off into the sunset, sail off into Canton and uh, yeah, salute to him. And uh, yeah, it went how we thought that was my hot take Steelers upset pick. I'll know that I'll chalk that up. No, next year, as I if I pick a seven seed, upset the two. There you go. Remember that for for next year. Put it in the book. If don't pick the seven seeds, apparently, um, <laughs> it will not be a pretty game. And then the last game was the Cardinals and Rams. I really thought this was going to be a much more competitive game. Personally, uh, the Rams get out to an early lead. Kyler Murray makes some mistakes. Uh, they they get absolutely nothing going on offense the whole first basically two and a half, or quarter and a half to quarter and 
well, basically almost the whole first half of the game, they did nothing right on offense. Um, Tyler had an absolute bonehead move in the end zone, doing a trying to do a no look, throw the ball. I think he was trying to throw it out of bounds and just couldn't get enough on it because he was getting sacked at the same time. Turns into a, a two yard pick six. Um, just incredibly stupid move, cost them five points. And there was a whole lot of momentum shift after that. They never got into it. Just really surprises me. Um, but it raises a lot of questions of Cliff Kingsbury and especially Kyler Murray. Um, if they were ready for the moment, and clearly they weren't. No, I think, yeah, and Kyler looked – he looked terrible. I mean, that's kind of been the story of the Cardinals the last few years. They start out hot, just tail off at the end of the season. And um, I saw a stat about Cliff Kingsbury. Like, that's kind of his head coaching when he was at Texas Tech and now at the Cardinals. He has these great starts and then just fizzles out at the end of the year, losing five of his last six or six of his last eight or something like that. And the thing that just makes me question is – Kyler, he could be a little banged up. Who knows? But he only had two carries for six yards. I mean, the guy, he he makes people look silly. He's so quick back there. You would think that if Kingsbury is such a brilliant offensive mind, he'll, he would try to get Kyler rolling out a little bit more. And I know it's also a credit to the Rams defense, but um, I just think you got to play to your you got to play to your quarterback's strengths. And that's Kyler getting him out on the move. Um, and that just didn't seem to happen. And uh, like I said, hats off to the Rams. They played a great game, too. Yeah, the fact that Kyler only had two rushes the entire game is a little mind-boggling to me. I mean, you're going to air it out with your 5'9", I'm sure he's taller than that, but if you're 5'9 quarterback against the Rams defense, uh, a little, little suspect play calling to me. But, uh, yeah, I thought I thought Matt Stafford had a pretty played a pretty good game. Um, didn't throw a ton of yards, but was pretty efficient on the – 13 completions he had. So, yeah, I'll be, I'll be excited to see this game next week. The Rams are playing in. Yeah, that, that Rams Bucks game will be a really fun one to talk about. Um, I, I just, you know, you wonder that you have to think that that trend Nate was talking about that, that all that comes into, you know, that's in season adjustments and that Cliff is being too stubborn to make any uh, when teams figure him out. So he makes all these great off-season adjustments and then doesn't change anything in the season. He's going to have to change that. Otherwise, it's going to continue to do this year after year because this is the NFL and people make adjustments and people figure you out. Uh, and if I was a Cardinals fan, I would be a little worried about the attitude that I saw from, from Kyler Murray on the sideline. I think the most telling thing was I was watching the Peyton Manning cast um, there in the fourth quarter and they had Russ on. And it was, I believe, 31 to 11 with 10 – and a half minutes to go. And Russ is sitting there and he's like, if, I, if that was me, I'd be walking up and down the sideline. I'd be telling my offensive linemen, my receivers, hey guys, we if our defense gets to the stop here, this game ain't over. Like we can get in it. There's onside kicks, there's timeouts. Like we can do this. We can get back in this game and put some pressure on them. And then you just see Kyler Murray sitting on the sideline and he's just pouting, not doing anything. So it's going to be interesting to see how he changes from that going forward. Uh, so that was a, a quick recap. We're going to go ahead and jump right on in into the uh, into the games this weekend because all four of them should be fantastic. I think this is about the best slate I've seen I've seen in a very long time in the divisional games. It's the first time we haven't had anybody more than a uh, six point favorite in a divisional game in many 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 years. So all of them are projected to be close come Vegas. So let, let's go ahead and jump right on in the very first game Saturday afternoon. Nate, your Titans are taking on Joey, Joey Burrow and the Bengals are coming to town. 
Um, it's going to be a cold one, dry, not a lot of wind, but it will be cold here in Nashville. Uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and let you start. Take, take it away. What do you think going in this weekend? Yeah, I love it. I'm so excited. Um, I Obviously, I'm picking the Titans, but um, I, I really do think we could win, and I think it could we could win big. Um, I, I just think last week the Bengals' defense got so nicked up. I know they lost their D tackle. He's out. I know Hendrickson, their D end, um, he's a, he was in concussion protocol. I think he's cleared. He'll be cleared, but still nicked up, out of practice for the last couple of days. And the Titans, they've been resting up on their couch, getting treatment, working out, um, and just getting ready for the Bengals. And I think with Derrick Henry being back, he may be on a pitch count. He may get, you know, 10, 15 carries. We'll see. But I just think his presence being back on the field is going to instill just another uh, reinvigorated fire in the O-line saying, oh, we, we got King Henry back behind us. Let, 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 let's kick him right in the teeth. Their D-line is hurt. Um, and then especially if we have, if we can just control the clock, get a turnover from Burrow. He's played flawless last month and a half. Um, but earlier in the year, he, he was really turnover prone. So um, if we get one, and go get some points. I, I think we could win by 10 points, um, but super excited to see how it plans out. I think that um, I think that the Titans are going to actually do a pretty good job on Jamar Chase, unless they want to have a pretty similar game plan to what they had this past week, which is a lot of Deacon Punk for the line of scrimmage. Um, I, I think that Fulton will be able to uh, hold him down, at least keep him respectable. Uh, outside of that, they're going to need Tyler Boyd. They're going to need Higgins. They're going to need Joe Mixon. One of those guys that the Bengals want to win this game, one of them is going to have to step up and have a huge game for Joe Burrow. Um, and I'm, I'm picking the Titans with you. I think that with those defensive line injuries, that is not what you want into a game where you have King uh, Derrick Henry coming back. I don't know how many snaps he's going to play, like you said, or at least how many carries he's going to have, but I fully expect him to be able to run strong, be able to run hard in those carries that he is in there. And I think that he's going to have a significant impact on the game. Um, and Tannehill has proven that he can, he can play well in big moments. He can do you enough. If Tannehill can avoid uh, the costly interceptions, he can avoid making those mistakes. I think his legs are actually going to be a, a part of this game that a lot of people will talk about. How much does he keep it on like a read option type play with a Derrick Henry? You know, everyone's going to want to crash in on Derrick Henry. Always in the game. They're not wasting his snaps, and if he holds it, he might be able to run for 10, 15 yards on his own easily, get out of the box um, on pass plays, be able to scramble for a few yards. In the playoffs, quarterbacks like to do that. They like to run a lot more. They run about 40% more in the playoffs. So all of this leading to my final point, which is that uh, Mike Vrabel is 8-0 against the spread and straight up when he's had more than seven days of rest. Um Obviously, the Titans were off. They've had two weeks. He's had a lot of time to game plan. I guarantee you he was going into that game probably with a full game plan last week for both teams. They were probably practicing for both teams already, if not practicing for the Bengals more. It, you know, likely who would have told them that Bengals were winning that game. So they've been prepared. They're ready for this. I've got the Titans at home. Yeah, so I was going to give you guys a big spiel about how the Bengals are going to win, but um... – Kylie kind of stole the stat I was going to give. Uh, the past four years, Brabel uh, coming off buys is 4-0. They've won those games by an average of 20.5 points, and they're also 4-0 against the spread. Um, so I'm going to be picking the Titans here. I, I kind of hope I'm wrong because I, I, I like the Bengals, I like the way they play. But, um, I, yeah, I think, I think the Titans are probably not going to be able to lean on Henry. Uh, I think he'll probably be on a pitch count, and – 
he probably will be having a little bit of rust on him still just from not playing for so long. So I do think Tannehill's probably going to have to carry the team a little bit, and I think he's going to have to use his arm quite a bit um, compared to what he has in the past. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with picking the Titans, but in a close game. We'll go, we'll go 27-24. I know this player hasn't done anything the whole year. Wait for Julio Jones to actually show up in the playoffs. That man, I could totally see that. He is an absolute baller when it comes to big games. I, I could see him having a really big day for them because um, you know the Bengals are going to want to do everything they can to take away A.J. Brown. And if you're going to go double on A.J. Brown, you're going to be leaving Julio Jones by himself. And I think that Julio is still good enough. He's healthy enough getting an extra uh, week of rest. He can go out there and he can win those one-on-one matchups. Agree. I mean, the last the last game of the season, week 18, when the Titans locked up the first round by beating the Texans, Julio and Tannehill, it looked like for the first time all year that they clicked and that he was hitting them on some crossing routes and the timing looked good. And so, that, yeah, that, that's what I'm hoping for, too. I think we could see a big game out of Julio on Saturday. But there you go. You've got three people all on the Titans. Uh, we will either look very smart or we're already going to be looking pretty, pretty dumb after the first game. So um, that is at 4.30 Eastern on Saturday afternoon. Let's go ahead and move into the Packers game. Um, Brett, why don't you uh, start us off? Yeah, so I don't have much to say about the Packers. Um, I, I have a feeling we're probably all going to have the same pick here. Um, I think I think more of a storyline to this game, though, is uh, Aaron Rodgers playing against his uh, hometown team and the fact that if Jimmy Garoppolo plays, I know he's hurt, but um, if he plays, he's never played in a game. Um, he's never started a game, actually, uh, below 40 degrees, and playing in Lambeau is definitely going to be Love 40 degrees this time of year. So I, I guess it'll just be kind of interesting to see how the uh, 49ers adjust to that cold weather uh, game where they're not used to playing that in California all the time. So um, I'll I'll probably take the Packers by 14 in this game. In all honesty, I think the 49ers have some decent offensive weapons. They have a pretty solid defense, but you're not winning in Lambeau. No, I, I'm in total agreement. I don't think there is a better home field advantage in the NFL than Lambeau in January. I think the, the low is going to be around zero. Um, and I, I just think the, the Packers forever, the thing was Aaron is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but he doesn't have a defense or their special teams let him down or they can't stop the run. Um, that's kind of been the story the last few years. And they finally have a defense. I think Devondre Campbell, they're all pro linebacker. Um, he's a stud. They're getting Jair Alexander, their lockdown cornerback. And so I don't know if they'll have him shadow Debo. I know that's hard. That's what the 49ers like to do is he can play all over. And so he could get matched up against a linebacker or a wide receiver, depending if he's in the backfield or um, spread out wide. But um, I, I think Jimmy G's thumb, his sprain or torn UCL in his hand or whatever that he's been dealing with, that cannot feel good when you are in sub-zero Arctic temperatures. And so I think the Packers will do enough. Aaron Rodgers will be in there. Aaron Rodgers and the Pack will win by 14. So for those of you out there that like to endeavor yourselves in a little bit of gambling, um, I've got a nugget for you here that you might want to pay very close attention, which is that since 1960, there have been 17 games at Lambeau Field 
with a temperature at or below 10 degrees. All 17 of those games, the total has gone under 45 points. The total is set for this game at 46 and a half. What does that tell me? It's going to be a very low scoring game. It doesn't matter if it's snowing. It doesn't matter uh, anything other than the fact that it's going to be frigid. Nobody wants to be out there. These football players are going to tell you, oh, yeah, we love it. We love that it's Lambeau weather. Um, I guarantee the Green Bay people are happy because you've got this California team. Jimmy G's never started a game where the temperature was below 40 degrees. He's played in games. He's been there because he's in New England, but he's never started one. Um, It's a huge thing. It's a completely different deal. That ball is rock hard. It's a lot harder to throw the ball. So I I didn't want to do this. I I really do think that the 49ers can go in there and they can pose some issues. I think that their receivers are playing really well. Ayuk is playing really well. Juwan Jennings is turning into a huge third down uh, threat. Every single third down seems like – Garoppolo was looking at him. He doesn't look for him on any other play. And then it gets to be a third and eight. And he, he's looking at Juwan to do a nice little curl right over the middle of the field or on like a third and four, he's going to do a small out right at the, right at the sticks. Uh, it, it's really interesting to see how they're using him like such a big body for high possession uh, plays. And, you know, when the defense is probably looking at their other people and then you've got guys like Debo that they're getting him in the backfield. He continues to run for a lot. He continues to catch for a lot. Um, Kittle got shut down last week. It'll be interesting to see if Kittle kind of bounces back. I love Jimmy G. I, I love how this Niners team has been playing for so many weeks now, but I'm with you guys. I don't think that you can go into Lambeau and you can win. They can win this game. Um, I, I think that at the spread sitting between five and a half and six, I think that the Niners can cover. I think it'll probably be about a three point game. I think it'll come close, but I, I just don't see Green Bay losing this game personally. Um, it's going to be a really fun one low scoring. I think that something in that 17, 13 range sounds really right. 20 to 17. That, that sounds really accurate in my opinion for what this game might look like. Agreed. The road goes through Lambeau. The road of the Super Bowl goes through Lambeau. Yeah. And I mean, if there was a team that would cause Green Bay some issues, you'd think it's a team like San Fran that is just going to try to beat you up and control the clock. And uh, the main defense is to keep Aaron off the field. I mean, argue probably going to be a back-to-back MVP. Um, the best defense against him is to not give him the ball. Uh, but we'll see how they can do. As we said, we all, we're all we all on the pack. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. Absolutely. So the the then we move on to Sunday. Those are the first two games. We move on to Sunday. And the afternoon game on Sunday is going to be that Bucks rams game. Uh, this is a extremely – Interesting game of you have Tom Brady, uh, arguably, if not, you know, without debate, the best quarterback of all time. And you sit here and you wonder how they're going to play with this, this game. And we mentioned it earlier, their centers banged up. They lost uh, another one of their offensive linemen. You've got this great pass rush from, from the Rams. The Rams start to look like they're playing good. Really, you could say that about all eight teams that are left. Everybody's hitting their stride right now. Uh, and so it'll be interesting to see what, what happens when hot teams play hot teams, but we'll, we'll go with it first. Nate, who you got in this game? Break it down. Yeah. I mean, the, if you look at the Bucks offensive line, as we talked about with Werfs and Jensen and just two pillars there, I mean, they're going to be without playoff Lenny. I think Fournette, he's, they put him on the IR. He's out. Like we talked about last two weeks, Godwin out, Brown, obviously out. 
but I'm still going to ride with the GOAT. I'm going to go with Tom Brady, I think, and the Bucks. I know Bruce Arians in his press conference last week, um, after he got done smacking his safety upside the head in the middle of the game, uh, I don't know if you guys saw that, but in like the middle of the game, his safety was chirping. He just smacked him right in the head, but he got fined for it. But anyway, in the midst of all of that, he, he was talking in his press conference that, um, you know, once Tom figures the defense out, you're in trouble. And um, I think Tom is the most competitive person. Um, I think potentially in NFL history, the fact that he's still is dedicated at age 44, um, 10 years older than the Sean McVay, the coach he's going up against. Uh, and the fact that the Rams beat him by 10 earlier this year, I think he's going to come out sharp and um, I'm going to bet on the bucks at home uh, to win. I bet it'll be really close. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm rolling with the bucks. There are a lot of people that are rolling with the Rams going to this game. They're a small underdog. They've got all those things that we talked about of reasons why they might look good. All the injuries. Um, Fournette looks like he was at least at practice today, um, which is big news for him. If they can get him back in this game, Keyshawn Vaughn, I, I think is very serviceable. He's a great running back out of, out of Vanderbilt. He looked pretty solid last week uh, after getting a full week of practice, full week of practice there with the team. He didn't look so good in the last game of the year, but he was, kind of thrown into that situation, not a lot of practice. So he's starting to get reps. And I said this last week, and I will continue to say this, and I will continue to stand by this mantra. Uh, last year when uh, the when Tom Brady beat the Chiefs, I told myself I would never, ever, ever, ever pick against Tom Brady in the playoffs. I just won't do it. I don't care what the situation is. I will not do it. And guess what? I'm not going to do it. I'm picking Brady. He's going to find a way to win because it's Brady. Um, I, I think Stafford played a great game last week. He didn't have to do a lot. Uh, he didn't really get an opportunity to make a mistake because they were up so big and got to run the ball a lot. So I've got, I, I think that he's going to make an interception or two. There's going to be a pick six in the game. It's going to completely flip the script. And I've got Bucks winning. Close, but I got the Bucks pulling it out. Yeah, I'm on the flip note here, boys. Um, I think the Rams will win this game. I think it's going to be another close game, just as most of these um, divisional round games are going to be. But I, I think the Bucks just have too much out, too much, too many injuries. Um, I mean, Ronald Jones is questionable. Giovanni Bernard, I mean, he's always a fossil, but he's he's, he's questionable. Uh, Levante David's questionable, and then when you talk about the O line, like they're decimated there. And other than Taylor Rapp and a few backup linebackers, the, the Rams are pretty healthy. So I think at this point in the season, health is massive for teams. And I, I hate picking against Brady, because, and I probably have a good chance of getting burned on this pick here. But I, I, I see Stafford stepping up and winning his second career playoff game. I have no good points to back up the Bucks other than Tom Brady. And I have an infinite amount of points to back up why the Rams should win this game. Cam Akers looked awesome. OBJ looked awesome last week. Uh, Stafford's going to get newfound confidence after getting his first playoff win. Like all of these things are completely legit. And it's why I understand your pick. I just won't do it because I would much rather be on the side of Tom Brady and lose than pick against Tom Brady and look foolish. <laughs> Yeah, Kyler, you bring up a good point there with Cam Akers. 
Um, thanks for bringing that up. He looked like a beast last week. And the fact that he ruptured his Achilles, was it in training camp that he ruptured his Achilles? Yes. It was like two weeks before the season. Yeah. And he's back less than six months later when people, it is well known that the Achilles is one of the most decimating injuries, um, even more so than even an ACL at times. And the fact that he's back, um, their run game looked different with him in, you know, Daryl Henderson was good earlier this year. And then Sony Michelle was really coming on at the end of the year. But when Cam Akers was in, he just carried a different level of physicality. Um, that unfortunately Buda Baker experienced some of that. I'm glad that he's, I'm glad that he's okay. And he's better. Um, but just yeah, that scary. That, he, it's, it's, it, yeah, but Cam, he just brings a physicality and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on paper. It makes sense that you'd think of the Rams, but I, yeah, Tom Brady, I, I could be recency bias. I've been watching man in the arena. But uh, he's uh, yeah, he's something else. It's a great watch out there for you listeners that have uh, ESPN Plus. Go out there and watch it. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, so we'll we'll see what happens. Um, I I would not be surprised if I'm wrong. I hope I'm right though. We'll see. And then last last but not least, we'll get to what a lot of people uh, dis- disrespectfully or uh, to the Titans and Bengals fans are calling the de facto AFC championship game with the bills and the chiefs. This is a rematch from earlier this year. Once again, at Arrowhead, like it was earlier this year on a Sunday night when Josh Allen and then went in there, this is when the chiefs were starting to sputter a little bit and the bills looked really good early on. They got on a little bit of a roll. Um, and they handed it to the Chiefs that game. It was really never close. Uh, Mahomes looked terrible. And now Mahomes has a chance to redeem himself, and the Chiefs have a chance to go to what would be their third, maybe fourth straight. Th- actually, I think it might be their fourth straight AFC championship game. Um, insane to think about that type of run. I mean, we're talking about Tom Brady type stuff doing this, Peyton Manning type stuff. So, you know, let's break it down. Let's hear some picks. Who wants to start us off? I can go here first. Um, yeah, I got the I got the Bills in this game. Um, it's in Arrowhead, so that that might be something that is going to haunt me uh, picking against the Chiefs in Arrowhead. But uh, I think I think the Bills are just so dynamic on offense. I mean, obviously the Chiefs are as well. But I think um, Devin Singletary and um, Zach Moss. Now he's back playing full-time again is healthy. I think, I think they're a good back, back, a uh, backfield combo along with Josh Allen. who can extend plays with his legs. And then they have one of the best route runners in the, in the NFL with uh, Stefan Diggs. And then Dawson Knox is a crazy talented or crazy underrated. I should say uh, tight end. Um, I, I think the bills got a lot of weapons. Um, the chiefs defense has struggled at times this year. Um, I just think Josh Allen's going to have them, Playing a little bit too, uh, a little bit too good for the um, Chiefs defense, and I, I got the the Bills, but it's gonna be a close game. Yeah, Kylie, I think as you said, the de facto AFC Championship. As a Titans fan, you know, I, I hear all that. You know, nobody likes talking about Tennessee. They're 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 the worst one seed of all time. A lot of people say, but um, I Wait, think the Titans are in the playoffs. <laughs> right, you would have never known. You know, there people are still talking about the Cowboys, but uh, <laughs> no, uh, I think not only the de facto AFC championship, but um, I saw an article this week, the de facto Super Bowl, and that's disrespectful to the Packers. But um, a lot of people think these are the top two teams in the NFL left and of the remaining eight 
um, just especially with how they both played last week. Um, and I can't wait to watch the, the matchup I'm most looking forward to is Andy Reid's um, offense against Leslie Frazier's defense and the Bills defense. Um, I talked to last week on the podcast. One of the reasons I picked the Patriots, which was a hindsight's 2020 terrible pick um, was because they like to run the ball and um, the Bills specialty is in their defensive backs and their safeties and to go light and just, they have a lot of speed. And uh, I just can't wait to see how, uh, Jordan Poirier and Micah Hyde match up um, against Hill and Kelsey and just the cat and mouse game that Reed is going to have with scheming up, um, you know, some crossing routes over the middle and some deep posts and just everything. And just how the safeties um, on the back end for the bills um, match up. I it's fascinating. It'll be awesome to watch. I think on the offensive side of the ball for the bills, the fact that they've been able to run the ball a little bit lately, really like the last month or so, I think is going to be huge with Devin Singletary. Um, and then obviously Josh Allen, he accounts for, you know, 40 to 60 yards of rushing himself every game. You have to account for that. Um, obviously the Chiefs at home at Arrowhead, that is just probably the second biggest home field advantage after Lambeau. Um, but I'm with Brett. I like the Bills. I think that they're going to be able to do enough um, to cause some problems to take out Hill or Kelsey tough to take out both of them but um yeah I think and I think Dayball calling plays for the Bills on offense is going to create enough opportunities for Allen um to be able to exploit that Chiefs defense that's been playing a little bit better as of late um but uh yeah I'm rolling with uh, Josh Allen and Bills as one expert uh game picker that I think we all know very very well says most eloquently not so fast my friends um, I, I can't believe I'm going to be out here on an island on my own. Seriously, I, I can't believe it. I'm going to be choosing the Chiefs. Look, if the Bills hadn't won this game back in week eight, week seven, whatever week that game was, um, I, I think I would be talking to a Bills revenge game here. Um, I, I think that in that sort of moment, I would be like, okay, the Bills have been to Arrowhead. They understand what it's like, um, and they can get this done. Well, I'm flipping the script on that. And I'm going to say that there is no earthly way the chiefs are losing twice at arrowhead to the same team. I'm sorry. I, I just see no chance of it. Um, I think that Patrick Mahomes is hitting his stride at, at the right time. He's found the fact that he doesn't have to use Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey on every play. He's looking to Byron Pringle to Miko Harmon to these guys that, no one, they're getting their one-on-one coverage every single play because the defense rightfully is going to look at those other two guys. And so Mahomes is willing to take the, the little check downs. He's willing to just move the ball up the field. And I, I think that it's going to be an extremely competitive game. If the Chiefs get down early, like they did this past week, the Steelers, or they've been very well known to do in the Mahomes era, especially the playoffs, I don't see them coming back from a huge deficit against the Bills. I think that the Bills could pour it on them like they did to the Patriots. But as long as they don't get down 10 nothing, 14 nothing early on um, and the crowd gets taken out of the game, yeah, I've got, I've got Mahomes making enough plays. I got Josh Allen making a mistake at the wrong time. Um, or maybe it's another player on their team. Maybe it's a Cole Beasley fumbling or it's a Stephon Diggs. Ball goes through his hands and leads to an interception, something like that. I just see a mistake happening from the Bills' side. They come up short yet again. I, I, got, the, I got the Chiefs. Man, there's there's got to be one year where the Bills get some luck. I mean, they haven't been to the they haven't won or they haven't been to the 
AFC Championship game since the four falls of Buffalo, which is crazy to me. Um, yeah, I, they 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 got to run into some luck at some point, and Mahomes has to have his luck stop at some point. Wasn't this the AFC Championship game last year? Uh, you might have just corrected me. Maybe maybe <laughs> it was. Well, they haven't won an AFC Championship, so this now is the that I believe, and this is also the divisional round. By the way, don't forget that. Well, they win this, and they get to the AFC Championship. <laughs> just to just to step on you a little bit there. Sorry, I had to, but no, I mean, keep going. Oh, I have nothing else. I was just making okay. that point. I just you're, just saying, the you're, just the, <laughs> you're just saying the Bills deserve some luck, which which is fair. They've had a horrible stretch um, here lately. Uh, I just I think that it's just one of those things where Mahomes is turning into what Brady was in um, in New England, where you didn't want to go there in January, it was just impossible to go into Foxborough and get a win. And I'm going to say the same thing about uh, going into the kingdom there. It's just, it's so hard to go in there. And get a win. Yeah. I just want to give yep. a quick recommendation to your listeners. Um, if you have ESPN plus and you haven't seen the four falls of Buffalo, that's one of my favorite docs. It's a 30 for 30 about the Buffalo bills in the nineties, I believe. Was um, it three straight Super Bowls? Lost four straight Super Bowls. Four. Um, with uh, Kelly as a quarterback. And yeah, that was, that a was heartbreak. brutal. That's brutal. Yeah, and I can't go through another week of picking against the Chiefs without acknowledging if Jackson Mahomes is on the sideline TikToking. <laughs> I think I think last week it didn't affect the team as much because you had two TikTokers on the opposite team with Juju back. Yeah, um, he was probably, yeah, it was offsetting it. Him and Clay offsetting Cole, TikTokers. Yeah, yeah. There, there you go. There you go. So we'll, we'll see if Jackson Mahomes, you know, Bills Mafia, they can get a little rowdy, and so Mahomes, he may be dumping some water bottles on some Bills fans because they're making fun of him, making fun of his skinny jeans. But you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I hear you. I hear you, Kylie, with Arrowhead. Uh, yeah such an advantage but i think last week josh allen he's he's buffalo's quarterback but he's never played well in the cold like cold games he's really struggled in and he lit it up last week played a perfect game and i think yeah i think that'll carry some momentum in arrowhead this week where i bet i haven't looked at the forecast but it can't be pretty actually it's going to be pretty pleasant surprisingly on sunday night it's going to be in the mid-30s um for this time for this time of year that's really pleasant i mean i don't know what the winds will be like it could be a little bit windy, which will cause more havoc to throw in the ball to, to both quarterbacks and to kickers, especially. Um, so, and you know what? I do want to actually talk, talk a quick point on that before we get out of here. In such a, uh, in a game like this, where I expect the offices to be able to move the ball up the field and you maybe get down to the red zone or you get to that 30, 40 yard line and you stall out, you talk about kickers and, you know, who you trust more. Buffalo's kicker did not look good last week. I mean, I it was the only thing that didn't look good. He missed what two extra points. Uh, just didn't look very efficient doing it. He clanked one off the upright as well. Bucker versus their kicker. I can't remember his name right now. Um, Tyler Bass. Yeah, Tyler Bass. Bucker versus Bass. Whoever has more points, uh, I think that could be a sneaky matchup in this game of what happens there on the special teams in terms of which team wins. Yeah, agreed. As a Nebraska fan, I know more than anyone the special teams <laughs> uh, wins or loses games. So, um, yeah, I think both those guys, I mean, despite what Kylie said about Tyler Bass, both of them are two top class kickers. 
in the NFL. And yeah, I, I think if, if Bass is another bad game, they'll probably Buffalo will probably lose, but I don't see it happening. Yeah. Big ball bass with his one side eye black. He's a, yeah, he's been a stud all year, but did not kick well at all uh, when Patriots came into town last week. But yeah, I think that's a good call. Whichever kicker has more points, that's who could potentially win win the game. That, that's that's a good take. Um, yeah, hey, just to, I mean, it probably works out for a lot of uh, NFL games if you think about it. But, um, I, I'm just I'm just saying, you know, you look at it. If somebody has a miss a miss and a make, it, that could be a really big deal at the end of the game. Um, whether that's the actual three point margin. It could just be the difference of you would be down so down six, down three, et cetera. So it'll be interesting. That one's by far the one I'm looking forward to most. It'll be so much fun. It's brewing into a great rivalry with those two young quarterbacks, two studs. Those teams are loaded. Um, all four games should be a fantastic watch. I, I don't think any of these games turn into a blowout. I would be shocked if any of them are more than a, than a 10 or 14 point game. But even at that, it's still probably close going into the fourth quarter. And you're talking about a late score to put it in reach. So I think that everybody should be super, super excited to post up this weekend and watch four fantastic football games. Uh, you guys got anything before we uh, hop on out of here? Do you have, uh, from what we saw last week, your Super Bowl picks, have they changed at all? Nope, I still have Chiefs Packers, um, and, and the Packers get done. I, I just, we said it earlier that the road runs through Lambeau in the Super Bowl. Um, I absolutely think that on the NFC side. Uh, I think that especially with the injuries that the Bucs are going to have, I think that the Bucs squeak by, but I don't think that they'll have firepower uh, next week to get to get through uh, Green Bay to get into the Super Bowl. I think that uh, Rodgers will be able to get done. And then that, I think that this this Packers team is just destined to do it on, on Rodgers kind of last right there with Adams and Green Bay. So I got the Chiefs, or I still got the Packers going over the Chiefs there. Not, uh, yeah, no, mine, ha- mine hasn't changed either. I still got Bills Packers. Um, as far as winner of that game goes, I think it'll be probably be um, determined by quarterback play. Whichever quarterback turns up, shows up better that night, and it's pretty hard to bet against Aaron Rodgers. So I'm saying go the Packers. And Nate, I know yeah, I mean, still- yep, I, I, I got Titans Packers, and I think, uh, yeah, we'll see, you know, with uh, Rodgers and, um, his uh, immunization status. We'll see if they let him in the the state of California. You know, <laughs> that, I think that that would be the only thing um, that uh, could prevent the Packers. Interestingly enough, you sit there and you wonder. We had all these mass uh, these mass COVID numbers for the last two three weeks of the NFL season, and then <laughs> amazingly, you have six NFL games in one weekend. There's not a single positive test anywhere. Um, really interesting how that played itself out, but there are a lot of players that since they've had COVID, the NFL has a 90 day policy. You, you don't have to be tested again, even if you're exposed. So all those players for the chiefs a couple weeks ago, like a Tyree kill, Travis Kelsey, those guys that, uh, tested positive, they don't have, they can't get, uh, tested again before the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers can get tested. I think it's about three days before the Super Bowl. He can get tested again. Oh, great. Um, it, very interesting. Now, boy, would that be a conversation with Roger Goodell of uh, Aaron Rodgers testing right before a Super Bowl? I, I we'll see what happens there. But um, yeah, it, it, 
just an interesting thought about the COVID, whole COVID numbers. Um, Jordan Love leads them to the promised land. I can see it already. <laughs> <laughs> then Rodgers comes to Denver. Uh, sure, you would love that as a Denver fan. That That is your dream scenario right there, Brett. Yes, it is. It runs them right out of town. Um, so, no, we'll see. We'll keep an eye on it. Hopefully, fingers crossed, all these NFL guys continue to do great social distancing. They continue to stay in their bubbles and not go out and have nice, clean, no no negative or no positive tests throughout the week. And we keep getting full squads all the way through the playoffs. That's my that's what I'm hoping for. Yes, indeed. Enjoy. Uh, enjoy Nashville this weekend, Kylie. I'm uh, I'm envious. I'm sure the. The playoff football host of playoff games got to be just a, a fun feel, fun vibe for the city. And so um, I don't know what your plans are, but enjoy. Um, we'll be uh, I'll be toasting you from afar. It's going to well, they're the most expensive ticket on the block for the four games. It's 250 comparative to the next highest is like 130, uh, according to Ticketmaster, the lowest price for the four games. So if that tells you how much the city is ready for it, you got to pay 250 bucks to get in the door this weekend. So yeah, I mean. All right, everyone, well, enjoy the weekend, enjoy these games, and we will be back to hopefully celebrate our victories. We could look really stupid on a couple of games. Who knows? Come back next week and uh, find out.